0: Welcome to the Salvatrice Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Today, we are going to be doing our final thoughts, week two. The XFL is upon us. I'm currently recording this bright and early on the East Coast around 6 a.m. East Coast time, so we've got a little bit more than 24 hours, a decent amount more, around 32 hours or so uh, from recording before these games go live. Now we're going to have final injury news today for... Most of the players in the Sunday game, we have the official statuses of players in the Saturday game, and I'll go through those. There are some big news. There are some quarterback changes this week due to injury uh, happening in Tampa Bay right now, and there's also potentially one in Seattle, but we're likely not going to see it due to a probable tag placed on Brandon Silvers, but Aaron Murray has been ruled out. We'll go through how that's going to impact potentially the running game. Obviously, the wide receivers when a starting quarterback goes down, although he didn't look that great last week, so we'll see how much it actually impacts this team. That being said, he is going to miss today. Welcome if you are new here. We got a lot, a lot of new followers over on Twitter, over on the podcast, over on YouTube over the past week because of the XFL is what I'm imagining. There's just the NBA weekend, All-Star Weekend this weekend. People obviously want to watch the dunk contest and the game and and all the events that go on there, the Rising Stars, but there's not really the best formats for DFS right now outside of XFL. PGA has already started. NHL, of course, but the prize pools are always been and have always been pretty terrible but you get a very nice weekend for the XFL as the premier sport if you're talking about a DFS purposes. So if you're new here, I ask you, please do hit that subscribe button. If you have seen my videos before and have gotten value or my podcasts, or if you're seeing them right now for the first time and you think you've gotten value throughout this video, I ask you just take a few seconds, totally free to do so. The goal is 20,000 subscribers, um, hopefully by the end of February, which is two weeks from now, um, if we get a little bit of a boost from the XFL, that surely does help. I appreciate it. I actually got this new software. Some guy reached out to me yesterday to track the podcast, and I didn't know this, but hold on, hold on, guys. Um, the podcast ranks in fantasy sports, it jumps between like 15th and 30th in ranking. I had no idea. I thought it was like 200th. I, I didn't think anybody listened to the damn thing. I can see how many people listen, but I didn't know that made it actually that great. So podcast people, thank you for tuning in and listening. If you have a moment of your time, whether you're on YouTube or the podcast, uh, leave a Leave a review, but also hit the subscribe button there. That, that helps a lot with, with more rankings. So thank you. I do appreciate that. With that all said, thanks for being here, everybody. Let's get into this video, um, and, and I'll call out some things as we go through about my exclusive content, what that offers. But starting with the quarterback position, um, look, I, I think it's important to start with Aaron Murray not going to be playing for Tampa Bay, already been ruled out. They have not named the starting quarterback, so I have the two potential quarterbacks listed here. Taylor Cornelius is the listed backup on the depth chart. He is a Charlie Whitehorse comparison coming out of college. He only started one year, his senior year, at Oklahoma State University, but he had a very good year. 144.7 quarterback rating. He rushed for 406 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns, completed about 60% of his passes and 8.2 yards per attempt pretty solid year. Now you're obviously playing in a division and in its school at Oklahoma State that is going to thrive in offense. But when you look at the efficiency numbers in terms of yards per attempt, completions and quarterback rating, all those look great. And then you see the fact that he ran for 40, uh, 406 yards is going to add rushing upside. So that's great. The main issue though is Quentin Flowers is in this backfield. And Quentin Flowers, who was labeled as a running back last week, is now listed as a quarterback. And the issue for Quentin Flowers is there's no Murray. Last week, Glenn Flowers was receiving around 10 snaps under center, maybe a little bit less than that, handing the ball off half the time, running the ball a good amount of the time, completing one of two passes. So he was heavily involved last week when Murray, who was the starting quarterback for months in this league in training camp, um, pretty much solidifying the job, uh, was playing. Now you have Quinn Flowers back there. Even if he doesn't start, you would imagine he's going to come on for 10 plus snaps, which does impact Taylor Cornel- 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 Cornelius. The upside, though, is that he's only $6,700, the cheapest quarterback on the slate by $800 over Flowers. And if you consider that Cornelius would be starting and Flowers isn't, the cheapest starting quarterback on the slate by $1,500 to Brandon Silver. So uh, Taylor Cornelius, he looks very okay, I will say, if he draws the start. I actually put an X by him because I do have interest. He looked fine a senior of college. He's going to be going up against a Seattle defense that would not scare me all that much. So um, although he's not a priority play for me, and you'll see where he is in the tiers and rankings, you can check that out on Patreon, will be out later today. Um, yeah, he is at least interesting and somebody that I'll wait to see if he's starting or not. And I'll also research him a little bit more today. But everything from his senior year of college uh, looked pretty solid. And also the matchup's going to look that way, just a matter of does he start and how much uh, of that starting role is going to be impacted by Quentin Flowers. Going to the top here, I have three yeses listed. Now, if you want to know what the yeses and the x's mean, if you're new here, x's mean maybes, yeses means yes, I have interest right now. Now, over on Patreon, I give position by position rankings, literally who I think is the number one play, two, three, four, five, six, and tiered off in in, in tiered rankings uh, for this weekend, updated all the way through lock based on injury news and based on any type of situational changes that I'm reading about uh, in the back end that usually doesn't get widely reported because this league is brand spanking new and there's just not a lot of media coverage on it right now, a good amount more than I thought there would be, but still not a Ton, So all that will be over on Patreon. Um, I'm working still every single week on my projections, seeing if I actually think they're solidified and something that I really want to roll with. But um, those will be up soon as well, potentially by this week. And then lastly, the Final Thoughts podcast will be over on Patreon tomorrow morning, where I'll discuss where I think ownership's going to be coming in with these players. Um, my final thoughts completely. So similar to what this video will be just more in depth, more solidified after injury news. And factoring in my tiers and rankings. So, Philip Walker is one of the yeses at quarterback. Look, he was fantastic last week. He attempted 11 deep passes. 28.9% of his passes were uh, deep passes. It was number one by a wide margin. You have St. Louis, who ranked in week one seventh in pressure, just could not generate much pressure, even on efficiency ratings when you're taking out the offensive line they were playing. But they did rank number two overall and coverage, So that's a little bit worrisome. Um, 87% of Philip Walker's dropbacks he was kept clean. I imagine a good amount of those are because he is mobile. Um, 87% is a huge number, especially for the XFL, and especially when you're throwing deep 11 times in the game. So his mobility is keeping him clean, is keeping him upright. He has the mobility on the ground. He picked up a couple extra fantasy points that way as well. Um, he's He should in this game target uh, outside cornerback River's who's one of the bottom five quarterbacks in the league in coverage man-to-man last week, Um, that should be a spot where you see Philip Walker attack that will be against either um, your Cam Phillips or your Sammy Coates on the outside. Both of those guys should have winnable matchups. So I do think Philip Walker at 10-6 is definitely worth looking at. He will probably also be one of the highest owned. I think Cardinal Jones' price point not moving from the 10-2 price tag you got last week is criminal. He attempted 10 play action passes in week one. Fantastic. In week one, New York ranked Number one in pressure and number five in coverage. This is where the the, the issues come in. Uh, He was under pressure week one, and he was absolutely fine with the pressure. He thrived in it. He was kept clean on just 62% of his dropbacks last week. Not great. And now you're facing a New York team that all preseason and in camp, there was talk about their defensive line. They come out week one, and their defensive line was absolutely clicking on all cylinders. Uh, Carlo Jones is the number one passing grade quarterback after one week. He should be attacking Bryce Jones, the outside cornerback for New York, who, although their pressure looked fine, their coverage... Based on the matchup that they had and winning by 20 points, it looked like it was okay. Um, But if you look at efficiency numbers, not that great. Um, Bryce Jones was actually getting burnt left and right. So it should be a spot that Carl Jones can attack. Um, We'll have DeAndre Tompkins back, have his receiving core fully healthy this week. The issue for me is, and this is what you have to wait, he's the same price, but His offensive line did not look good, either in run blocking or pass blocking last week. Did not look good at all. Um, And now you're facing a team that got a lot of pressure last week. Is that a concern? It should be a concern, um, but it's really hard to judge it off of a one week sample. Like it could easily jump back the other way this week. Landry Jones has officially been named the starter. He is probable. He was a third stringer last week, there for emergencies only. Dallas did keep Nelson. Uh, we talked about Philip Walker's um, dropbacks, 87% he was clean. Nelson was kept clean on eighty point four percent of his dropbacks. Now I mentioned in the video earlier this week, I believe on Monday, that That number might be a little bit skewed since he was throwing the ball so quickly. 15 of his attempts for Philip Nelson last week were to running backs. He used his tight ends a good amount. Um, So that number could be a little bit skewed, but it's good to see that even on the passes that were completed 20 plus yards downfield or attempted, two of them, but also some between 10 and 15, that he was actually kept clean on those 80% of the time overall la ranks number four in coverage you're getting landry jones in a very solid spot la just fired their defensive coordinator after one week wild the xfl is Um, and now you get landry jones here who a lot of people might be down on this dallas offense after last week they looked terrible jeff bidette one of the better players the number one overall pick for dallas was not even utilized really three catches held to single digits in In yardage Um, if you played him last week you probably felt terrible but now you get Landry Jones somebody who's actually going to attempt passes downfield by all accounts compared to Philip Nelson's two last week Landry Jones at 9,500 that is a very very good price tag for a team that again just fired a defensive coordinator and seems to be scrambling a little bit coverage and pressure did not look great last week Jordan Te'amu at 8,900 I actually currently right now I'd rather play Te'amu over Brandon Silver's Um, Matt McGloin and Josh Johnson. Tamu looked fantastic. He was the only player in the XFL last week to have three runs of 10 plus yards. Uh, He was the number two player in breakaway percentage, which breakaway percentage just means the amount of yardage that you're picking up on Um, per down in first second third depending on the yardage needed to be gained it also factors in your 10 plus run 10 plus yard runs number two player of any position Houston last week was pretty good on defense Houston looked like the real deal last week Um, their offense was obviously clicking on all cylinders their defense was number two in pressure uh, only behind New York number three in coverage they look like a team to beat in this league Uh, Tayamu, number two overall graded quarterback he had the 77 rushing yards on the ground he was the sixth best elusive rusher as a quarterback. um, So look, Jordan Tamu gets priced up to 8900 still going to be one of the the bottom half-priced quarterbacks in the slate for a guy with massive rushing upside. Your concerns for him is, what does the passing look like for this guy? He didn't really rely on it too much last week, won a close game on the road where they were huge underdogs, very important to look at. I'll also mention that last week you ended up having um, some scratches in that game and and you had i think it was st louis still favorite or still underdogs to dallas even though you had no landry jones they were still like touchdown underdogs and the line didn't move until like the next day so be sure to look at the xfl betting lines because they're not paying attention all that much or at least they weren't last week but who's rushing upside, uh, keeps him in play for me. He's not a priority play because the price tag has come up, and I'm still thinking that his, especially in a tougher matchup, or at least seems like that, and his passing weapons uh, don't look like the greatest of options. Now you have Washington, who looked okay. You have Pierce L, who at best looked okay. Washington, like most likely the, the best-looking receiver out there. Russell ended up having the touchdown deep, but uh, he ran only 23 routes. So was a guy who I look at, but I'm not too stoked about getting to. Josh Johnson still practicing limited. At 10-4, I'd rather just not play a guy who is still practicing limited, has not had a full practice in. When in that same price range, you have Cardell Jones, who just looked fantastic last week. Price point doesn't move. You have Philip Walker, who obviously looked fantastic last week from a fantasy perspective and just overall getting a huge win in sort of a blowout fashion at 10-6. And then you have Landry Jones, who's similar to Josh Johnson's dealing with injuries, but at least he's coming back after being fully healthy, full participant this week, actually was active last week for the game and his price tag is only 9,500. So um, yeah, I'm probably not going to get too much Josh Johnson. Matt McGloin for me, he was fine attempting deep passes. He didn't have to attempt much passes in the third and fourth quarter last week as they had a defensive score and then they got a pretty big, on Tampa Bay. So um, you're going to be going up against the number one defensive coverage unit in the league in the secondary uh, after one week, which is D.C. McLean at 9,900. Nothing terrible to say about him. I'd just rather get down to Landry Jones or Jordan Tamu. He falls in a weird price point where Carl Jones is right above him and those guys are right below him. It's just process of elimination for me. So those are the five quarterbacks that I think are interesting this week. Uh, Philip Walker, Carl Jones, and Landry Jones have the most interest in as of right now. Jordan Te'amu and Taylor Cornelius I will have interest in, obviously, if Cornelius is named the starter. Uh, at that price point, it's what makes him interesting, not so much his skill set or his offense. Moving over to the running back position. So before we get into the running back position, I will call out that I do have Patreon exclusive content. If you're indeed interested, I'll link that content up right now. It'll pop out. It'll say my Patreon, my XFL exclusive content. That's where that exclusive podcast, the rankings, the tiers and projections are not yet out. I I, I, my goal is to have them out by like week three or week four. Um, I made them last week. They were okay. I just think that there's not enough data at this point for any projection system to be fully accurate, and if you're using one, it's really um, very biased and subject to bias at this point. I'm trying to base targets and touches just off of a one-week sample in the league and your college numbers, so I do have them, um, but they're going to be something that I keep uh, probably not on Patreon yet because I don't even feel 100% confident in using them, so I don't want to be giving them out to other people at this point. Last week, though, they were completely fine. I didn't use them, but I went back and kind of um, just back-end tested them. And they seemed like they were okay, at least for a week one of the XFL. Also, I'll call out drafters.com, linked up above. If you want to try something else other than just snake draft uh, or other than salary uh, formats for DFS, snake draft formats are available. There's no draft.com anymore. Drafters.com is somebody that i partnered with for about a year and a half on this channel. I really like what they're doing over there, a Canadian-based company. But I I like what they're doing a lot in terms of the snake drafts. They're going to be offering best ball. You want to use the promo code sal 100 SAL100, you get 100 percent deposit match up to 50 bucks. They don't do that otherwise. So if you want to use that promo code, it helps me out surely as a as a partner for them, but it helps you out as well. If you want to try a $10 contest there for the um for the MBA or for PGA, I believe they're trying to get XFL up. You want to try a $10 contest? Well, then you get $10 for free if you use that promo code. So check it out, drafters.com. Promo code sal 100 Appreciate it. So running backs now. Um, you can see I have no running backs listed as yeses because honestly, I don't think any of them stand above the rest. Now, in the rankings and tiers that i have already kind of started, I do have one to two running backs in my tier one that I think are the best plays in the slate, but we'll save that for the Patreon people but I don't think it's as widely of a difference compared to a quarterback compared to what wide receiver might offer us. So um, this is not ranked in any order. This is really just, I believe I filter by like alphabetical, then price, and then it gets all mumble jumbled up. Um, But running backs that I have listed on here, I have eight listed as interest of mine. I'm not playing anywhere near eight. Last week, 95% of my lineups only had one running back. 5% had two, uh, 0% had three. I don't want to play three running backs in a lineup. They're not used that heavily. Tons of these backfields use running backs by committee. And the biggest factor that was underrated going into this, the offensive lines and defensive lines, and mainly the offensive lines, you need years and at least weeks and months of game action to kind of have a comfortability with your offensive line mates, right? Uh, on that unit to be have chemistry. These guys are going in cold after really playing one preseason game that was more like a scrimmage. And after playing one regular season game, most of these offensive lines looked absolutely terrible and undersized. And that also doesn't make me feel great. Bad offensive lines, bad run blocking schemes. And now you have a team or a league that is more pass heavy and equipped to help the pass catchers with mics and their helmets on the outside to let them know if they have an advantage. Um, you have a league that has a bad quarterback play. So a lot of these teams might fall behind in some of their games bad quarterback playing half the team so uh, it's, it's concerning for sure so with that all said none of these running backs stand out above the rest the guy I will say is interesting and there's probably four or five six guys that in the tiers and rankings right now I think at least I uh, have a potential of me playing them three for the most part um, but uh, a guy that I'll start with who's interesting because he's a still listed a running back even though he ended up running 27 routes all out of the slot last week and was not placed in the backfield for a carry or a route and that's Nick Colley for Houston against St. Louis. So he's still listed as a running back. He's only $4,800, ran 27 routes uh, all out of the slot. Like I said, he ended up having five targets, had a really nice catch in the red zone towards the end of that game, four catches for 40 yards. St. Louis was the last, dead last in the league in slot coverage last week. That's going to help Nick Colley, That's going to help Khalil Lewis, both of the slot wide receivers that Houston used. Uh, the downside And not much of a downside, but Nick Holly did come off the field a lot in four wide receiver sets. They didn't run many two wide receiver sets in Houston, but he kind of rotated through uh, in three wide receiver sets with Khalil Lewis in the slot, Lewis being the more formidable uh, slot wide receiver for Houston. So Holly at 4,800, you're not getting the biggest upside as sort of the fourth wide receiver on this team, but you are getting a guy who's at least, his usage-wise, Going to run 25 plus routes a week in this offense that likes to pass the ball. Uh, so it looks decent. Uh, Devon Smith at Tampa Bay against Seattle. So here's the issue once again. He has a backup quarterback in, but who knows how bad it's actually going to be um, because Brandon Silver's on the opposite side of this for Seattle is probably after one week the worst quarterback in the league. So whoever's filling in at this point for Tampa Bay, it's not going to be the biggest drop-off in terms of matchup that is going to be devastating for Devion Smith or the Tampa Bay running game. He was number two in week one touches with 17. And that's in a game where Tampa Bay trailed by 20 in the second half, 20 to New York. The whole first half, they were down one to two scores, and he still ended up having 17 total touches. One reception, 16 rushing attempts. Uh, He was actually number two in routes run for running backs, 21, but he only saw one target. I think that's going to change, especially if a backup quarterback comes in, use the running backs a little bit more. So it's nice to see, unlike Elijah Hood, who ended up playing 55 snaps for um, LA and didn't run a single route, Devion Smith played a lot of snaps, got a lot of touches, and actually ran 21 routes. So that looks pretty good. 7500 is the most expensive running back on the slate. So that's where you have to start making a decision. He was number two in elusive rating last week. Matt Jones, I have in yellow because he did not practice on Wednesday, but then he practiced limited on Thursday. So uh, we'll see what happens on Friday. Again, check back in um, for the Patreon exclusive show Saturday morning. I'll also have a YouTube live stream on Saturday, probably around 11 a.m. or so. Um, we'll talk about any of the injuries that people have questions about. But if Matt Jones is active, he starts to become at least interesting. We talked earlier in the week that he had 25 more snaps in the next closest touch, uh, running back in uh, Christian Michael. He had 48 snaps, he had 21 touches, but We touched on it. Quantity over quality is what it probably was because he was 24th in elusive rating. That's terrible. There's only eight teams in this league and he was 24th in elusive rating when you're looking at quarterbacks and running backs. He was the ninth graded running back overall. Again, there is only eight teams in this league, so uh, he was the ninth graded running back overall. Not great. Um, so he he didn't look that great. Now he's dealing with an injury. The upside for him though is that he is fifty nine hundred. Now Houston's defense was clicking on all cylinders on their defensive line. Um, the run blocking scheme for St. Louis wasn't great. Jordan Teamu in that backfield is the best runner compared to all of these guys. So that's the concern here for Matt Jones. It makes him risky, especially when I kind of hinted at it. I only want to roster one running back. I want to put all my flexes as wide receivers, maybe some of the higher end uh, upside guys at tight end, which is like one or two players, Uh, but mainly just want to roster wide receivers in my flex. I think they have more upside. You saw that last week, and I think you're going to to see that moving forward, especially because there's still guys who are underpriced. So running Matt Jones is my number one running back. Is, is something that at least is in play, but it doesn't make me feel great. Uh, Adrell Presley's at 7K, the second most expensive running back. Uh, 36 snaps last week to Daniel freeze 26. He ended up having 75% of the running back touches overall. That's great to see. But this is a game where DC led by a lot, and they still didn't, or led at least for most of the game, and they still didn't run the ball all that much. Now, Presley had 12 carries, 14 attempts, or 14 touches overall with two receptions. He actually averaged 12 carries in the AAF, so good to see that. But the main issue was DC's, we touched on it with Cardell Jones' uh, key, uh, clean rate in the 60s, kept clean rate. The run blocking scheme was terrible. Uh, They couldn't block. They couldn't move bodies. And that's just going to hurt Joel Presley, who, when he had at least some holes once or twice in this game, he broke free for eight 12-yard runs, right? The issue is at $7,000, do you trust this offensive line? Do you also trust the fact that, yes, he had 75% of the running back touches, but you had Pumphrey back there on a lot of passing down work. So uh, the two receptions were nice to see for Presley. Surely in play at $7,000. We'll see how uh, that's going to be moving forward if this offensive line can improve after one week playing together. Elijah Hood at 6,500. The snap count usage was elite. 55 led the entire XFL, 37 more than Larry Rose, who uh, ran ahead of Jawan Harris, who's going to be questionable this week for LA as their third string running back. But the issue here is he ran no routes. Elijah Hood plays on 55 snaps, 55 snaps, runs no routes. Uh, That's not great. That is not something that I want to roster. If you're going to be a one-dimensional back, even if you are going to be leading in this game, like even if LA gets up, uh, you're going to be a one-dimensional back even if you have 15 carries, I need the passing game upside. We saw it out of camera start in pain last week, right? If you started him, he was horrible. Two two carries on the ground. He ended up having his third one or his second one at that time called back. It was a 25-yard run, but two carries on the ground. What salvaged his day and probably made you cash in a lot of your lineups because he, by all accounts, looked like a great play going in was his four receptions. If something like that happens to Elijah Hood, where he has like eight, nine carries and he's not getting much there, you're dead in the water because it doesn't look like he's going to be running many routes. James Butler played on 44 snaps, 36 more than Andre Williams last week. You still have no D'Angelo Henderson practicing. Wednesday and Thursday, he did not practice. It does not look like he's trending towards playing. Andre Williams has been practicing in a limited fashion, but by all accounts, James Butler ran ahead of him last week. The issue for James Butler in Houston is that he ended up seeing 11 touches. uh, He ended up having two touchdowns in this game, but he only ran eight routes on his 44 snaps. And overall, there was only nine running back routes ran With Andre Williams running one. And this is exactly what June Jones did in college. June Jones, the head coach of Houston, did not use his running backs in the passing game at all. He only targeted them around 9.7% of the time. Not great. If you're going to be running 44. uh, If you're going to be playing on 45 snaps and you're going to even say he runs 10 routes in this one, more times than not, he's only going to be averaging around one target in that entire game out of the backfield at 6,300. It starts to put him very much in this Elijah Hood territory where, yes, he might be playing a lot of snaps. He might be getting around eight to 10 touches on the ground in this game. But if you're not going to be running routes, it makes it a little bit worrisome. Now, obviously, James Butler came in last week as a backup kick returner. He was not even listed on, his, on the depth chart as a running back. Henderson gets hurt early in the first. Butler comes in. So maybe now with a week of play, they can factor him into the receiving game more. I'd just rather wait and see on that if I'm trying to roster a running back there. Darius Victor, $4,100. The price point's really nice. New York only used two running backs last week. He was actually the leader in usage, 70.6% of the total running back touches. He had nine carries of the 13 on the ground, and he actually picked up three receptions on three targets. So Victor, by all accounts, looked like the main back there. The problem is it was a decent enough split. Like if you're looking at just the carries, there were still 30 plus percent of the carries and snaps going to Tim Cook behind him, who was listed as the RB1. Um, These guys are both, it could be easily flipped the next week situation in the NFL like you have at Tampa Bay where all their running backs, the um, the Peyton Barbers of the world, the Ronald Jones, even the Darrell Gamboales, every single week it was like one of them was going to get 55 or 50% of the snaps, the rest were going to get like 30, 40, right? So um, there is Victor, the price point's nice to take a shot on it, um, just not a full workhorse right now. Christian Michael's the last guy I've listed look Keith Ford uh the third string running back did not practice Thursday had a nice touchdown week one he did not practice Wednesday either Matt Jones did not practice Wednesday limited participant Thursday so this is the key if Matt Jones suits up if Friday he can practice and then they, they room as probable I have no interest in Christian Michael it does not seem like Keith Ford's going to play so you might get an extra touch or two out of Christian Michael but by all accounts he looks like the backup I do not have strong interest and we already talked about Matt Jones if he actually suits up i have more interest, but keep an eye on the status of Matt Jones. If he is out and Christian Michael is now the number one running back on this team with the second and third string guys listed out, well then, yeah, at 5,600, he starts to become interesting let's move over to wide receiver. And I will ask you, if you've made it all the way this far, let me know down in the comments right now, what do you think of the style and the format of these videos? What do you think about the information in them? And if you think it's positive, or you think you at least have found uh, some sort of viable information, something that you found interesting, please take a second here to hit that red subscribe button, whether you're on your phone, your laptop, computer TV, and also hit that little notification bell. That is the uh, notification bell that you know. Via email, uh, frequently, but not every single time. When I go live, so you can enter the live streams with some questions. When I post videos, all that stuff. It helps me just grow this channel to hit that wholesome number of twenty thousand. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, I would be uh, would be a a huge goal of mine, the biggest goal that I've set um, so far. So, at wide receiver, you see I have some guys listed now as yeses and maybes, and this is going to change a good amount because there are a lot of guys dealing with injury news. So, again check out the tiers later today, which will be updated up until tomorrow morning. But Sammy Coates is is going to be a yes for me. Look, his price, pay, price point increased by $200, but um, I think it should have. Like in this game, 11 deep attempts attempted by his quarterback, Philip Nelson. He was the target on five of those, five passes of 20 plus yards. He had nine total targets, led his team or tied at least with Cam Phillips for 23.1% market share of targets. He actually ran 29 routes, which was 12th overall in the league. And he should see a lot of DeMontre Wade. Now DeMontre Wade is probably the number one quarterback for St. Louis, but not by any counts, one of the best in the league. He ranks out around an average quarterback, but he'll also see a fine amount of Rivers who we talked about earlier, who is by far the the guy that you want to target on St. Louis if he even continues to start um, at this point in the XFL. But he looked really bad last week. Uh, He's an outside quarterback that I don't think you're going to see any shadow treatment at this point. So coach should also see some Rivers at that point. That's probably where you're going to see a lot of your deep targets. Uh, It's a nice spot to try and uh, pick some pieces at. Uh, DeAndre Tompkins, DC, he's a yes for me. He's 3,600. They they messed up here. Look, DeAndre Tompkins missed week one with a foot injury, I believe. He's the number one wide receiver on the depth chart. Number one overall, even ahead of Malachi Dupree, who is listed as the other number one on the depth chart. He missed week one. He's still listed as number one on their depth chart. He is probable. He was a full participant Wednesday and and Thursday, probable to play in this one. And he's likely to see a lot of Bryce Jones, New York's worst cornerback after one week. So $3,600 DeAndre Tompkins, by all accounts to me, looks like a very strong play at that price point. Cam Phillips, the other outside receiver for Houston, look, if you're going to be in the best offense, going to be going up against a, a an okay defense after week one, it looks like, but it depends on who the cornerback you're seeing is, um, I'm going to be getting there, especially when Cam Phillips played 100% of his team snaps. Only one of two players, him and Dan Williams, played 100% of the team snaps outside of quarterbacks last week for positional players. He ran 40 routes. He had similar, the same exact targets, nine, a 23.1% target share as Sammy Coates last week. Um, He's likely to see a mixture of Wade and Rivers. Like I said, I'd expect more Rivers on Cam Phillips as long as St. Louis pictures Sammy Coates as the number one receiver here, which I would. Now the price point of Phillips is all the way up now to 8,400 as it was in the 5k range last week. So this is where you have to start to make some decisions. I believe I still prefer Sammy Coates over Cam Phillips. Joe Horn is my final yes. And this is interesting. So uh, Horn worked as the wide receiver three last week, running 27 routes, if you're talking about just routes run for this New York team. Um, but he led all New York wide receivers with seven targets and looked like he had a connection with Matt McGowan early on. The biggest news here is that he's only 3,400. If he was fifty four, sixty four hundred, I wouldn't have too much interest. But the fact that he's 3,400, I currently have him as a yes tentatively. I think he's okay. Here's guys who I did have as yes, is Dan Williams and Jalen Tolliver, but the news that Aaron Murray is out, I need to see who the starting quarterback is. Honestly, if it's if it's Taylor Cornelius, he might be a better option or a similar option. Then what we got out of Aaron Murray, who was missing players left and right last week, but at least he had a nice connection with Dan Williams, who after one week leads the XFL in receiving yards, 123 on nine targets, and that's after dropping two passes. He looked like an NFL wide receiver out there in terms of his build and his, his caliber, the way he was making catches. He'll likely see Jeremy Clark this week, who was the second worst coverage cornerback grade of any cornerback above 30 snaps last week. So Dan Williams, by all accounts, should have a fine matchup. It's just a matter of who's going to be a starting cornerback. He's 7,600. He's a fair price point based on the skill sets that we saw last week and how they're going to use him in this offense. You just now have no idea what the quarterback talent is going to be or the chemistry with his wide receivers since you're getting a new one this week. Same analysis for Jalen Tolliver. The thing that's nice to see, though, is he's 3,900, and he actually ran 40 routes last week. Finished with seven targets, three catches for 47 yards. Now he gets to face week one's lowest-graded secondary in Seattle. So uh, Tolliver at 3,900, very appealing play because of the price tag, because of the usage last week. Dan Williams, even at that price tag, is appealing. Again, just a matter of who starts a cornerback. Moving to L.A. Nelson Spruce, look, he was the number one graded wide receiver last week, 34.1% of the market share of targets. If you factor in McClendon's four backup attempts, uh, one completion, number one in routes run with 46. Uh, He ran 41 of his routes out of the slot. So that's elite usage. Dallas ranked number seven in coverage last week. Uh, There's really not a lot of terrible things to say about Nelson Spruce. I could easily put him as a yes. I probably will end up putting him as a yes. A lot of things look great. We'll see what happens with the quarterback play and Josh Johnson. The only concern I would have is now you're paying top dollar, the highest expensive a price for a wide receiver in this league. And yes, he ran a ton of routes and he was running them out of the slot, which is again, if you're not used to or familiar with it, running your routes out of the slot as a wide receiver is as good as it gets. You then get to use both sides of the field. You usually face a worse cornerback um, instead of being on the left side of the field and only having to be able to move right in terms of getting separation. Now in the slot, you can use any sort of move that you want to get separation, either go left or right. It makes it a lot more deception uh, for the cornerback guarding you, who's usually a more inferior cornerback as he is the top cornerbacks playing the outside, even in the XFL. So Nelson Spruce, if you want to pay for him at 10-4, I have nothing bad to say. If you have the money, you probably should have some money left over. There's still some unpriced or lower priced guys, at least at one quarterback this week, but also at wide receiver. Flynn Nagel was a full participant in practice on Thursday, should be good to go. Ran 29 routes, was all out of the slot, six targets, none were downfield though, so that's a concern. But again, you had. Uh, Philip Nelson and just not throwing it all downfield. Only two attempts was bottom in the league last week. a Solid price for a guy who is going to see a similar workload every week. Going to run 25 to 30 routes every single week, if not more. Now he has a better quarterback in play. You're probably going to get the Cole Beasley type of a role out of this guy or Jamison Crowder. Um, where you're going to see the five to six to seven targets a game, four to five to six receptions a game for somewhere around 50 yards. Does it end in a touchdown? At 5200, I think he's completely in play. McCall McKay at 10,200. This is a little bit concerning for a $10,200 second most expensive wide receiver in the slate. Ran 29 routes last week. And keep in mind, they didn't have to throw a lot in the fourth quarter in New York. Barely had to throw much in the third quarter because of a defensive score. Um, But I think it's a little bit interesting that he only ran 29 routes, only saw four targets and just one was downfield. It was his 40 plus yard reception, uh, but that's concerning. The entire offense did suffer though. So I don't want to take too much away from it. I imagine McKay priced next to Nelson Spruce based on their game logs last week will probably go a little bit more under the radar. So I think he's a good contrarian option, but still concerns from week one. Eli Rogers priced up to $9,700, $600 price boost after being the number one receiver in DC last week, 23.6% target share of targets, ran 25 routes, 88% of those were out of the slot. So by all accounts, the primary slot receiver here, he had seven catches on his seven targets for 73 yards. My concern is that as a As an established, I mean, NFL veteran, probably one of the better wide receivers in the league, definitely one of the better route runners in the league as an established player. Yes, he should be this expensive. The concern is, was last week as good as it gets, right? Catching 100% of your passes for 73 yards and now you're priced up to 97 and also running out of the slot. You're not going to see as many deep passes. That would be my only concern here for Eli Rogers is do I want to spend up uh, all the way for that type of performance? And Nelson Spruce is 10-4. And you can say, well, Sally, he's running similar routes out of the, the slot as well. And I completely agree with you. That's why I don't have him as a yes um, as of right now. Khalil Lewis at 8900 the, con- the concern is the price here, right? I mentioned on how you have Nick Holly, who's a running back, who's a, a slot wide receiver listed as a running back still uh, in DraftKings out of Houston. Khalil Lewis is also a slot wide receiver who was fine last week, right? He played... 100% of his snaps from the slot ran 26 routes, and now he also gets to f- face Hillary, uh, the slot cornerback who gave up 11 of 12 receptions last week. He was targeted 12 times, gave up 11 receptions in the slot, twice as much as anybody else in the league. So that's a fine matchup for Cleo Lewis. You're just getting him at 8,900. Like, I can't pay 8,900 for Cleo Lewis when Cam Phillips is 8,400. And he's going to be running on the outside, an offense that threw the ball downfield close to 30% of the time. So I think Lewis is surely in play. It's just really hard to get there. Jeff Badetta, I think, looks really interesting at 8,700. He gets Landry Jones back. He was terrible week one due to bad quarterback play. This is their number one pick. This is the guy who's going to fly downfield. You saw it in the AAF. Landry Jones being back should help him a lot here. I think Bedette's price point at 8700 is one of the more uh, interesting price points on the entire week. Ran 30 routes last week leading his team, tied for the team lead. Uh, I do like Jeff Bedette a good amount. Malachi Dupree, still listed as the number one receiver on this depth chart. Um, He'll probably still get pushed by um, Rashad Ross a good amount. Now DeAndre Tompkins is back, so that should hurt him. He was a full participant Wednesday and Thursday in practice. Actually led the team with 26 routes run, um, ran more routes by one than Eli Rogers, ran more routes than Rashad Ross, who played as the wide receiver three in this one. What Tomkins likely to return. I think it actually hurts Dupree's upside. I'm not going to get to as much Dupree this week as he did last week when he was the flat minimum of $3,000. Damian Washington out of St. Louis is the guy out of St. Louis that I like the most, full participant Wednesday and Thursday. Um, he actually, You actually saw a team leading 32 routes run for him, finished with five targets, caught all five of them. He looked the most NFL ready out of all the St. Louis receivers. The issue is this is a run first offense. So the price point is nice on Washington. It's just a run first offense. So it's harder to kind of prioritize them. Saeed Blacknall did not practice on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday. He ran 43 routes a week Uh, two. That was the second most, week one, that was the second most in the league. No catches on four targets, but he was targeted downfield on three of those four. Uh, He's in play if um, Trey McBride is out. But Trey McBride has not been on the injury report the past two days, so I'm just assuming that he's back in. And Saeed Blacknell has not practiced the last two days, so it's not trending well for Saeed Blacknell. Getting to Trey McBride now at $4,000, he's not listed as a starter, but he's also not on the injury report the last two weeks. Saeed Blacknell, who played as a starter and wasn't listed as a starter last week and ran 43 routes, he's been on the injury report. So the depth charts in LA right now don't seem that secure. At $4,000 flat, as long as Trey McBride is listed active, and we don't have any news on him unless I missed that he's on IR or something, but I haven't seen any news that he's not on the injury report right now and he didn't play week one. So uh, McBride for me at $4,000 would be somebody that I'd, I'd be fine getting to as sort of a super play that nobody's going to own because there's a great chance he comes out and he runs 30 routes. Based on the, the the depth chart of this team right now in LA, I would not be shocked. It's very clear that it's Nelson Spruce in the slot, uh, but then Blacknall on the outside, uh, Jordan Smallwood, all those guys are very easily interchangeable, especially if Blacknall is injured. My last interest at wide receiver slash tight end is actually a tight end in Dallas, Donald Parham. He is only $3,200. He was tied for Jeff Bidette with 30 routes run last week, and they were using him as a wide receiver. Now, obviously, a tight end with the backup quarterback last week in Philip Nelson is going to be somebody who usually sees a nice uptick, four catches for 40 yards on six targets. The concerns are with the QB change. Will he be targeted as much if they start throwing a little bit more downfield? That's the concerns, but I think it's built into the price point of $3,200. So, Those are 17 wide receivers slash one tight end, 16 receivers, one tight end that I think are in play this week. I think there's a good amount of them. This is not my fixed by any means as it's Friday morning. This is not my fixed rankings of them at at all. I have an idea of where I want to tier these guys off. So be sure to check in over on Patreon. I will link it down below. It's also up above. You click the little I button and it'll pop out. You can check out over there what's to offer. If you want the rankings and tiers, you have to sign up for the priority membership for XFL and or the Hall of Fame membership. Uh, Those are limited. So I think there's only like five or six left overall. So be sure to check them out by the time you're watching this. So they're not sold out. Uh, Let me know what you think about this video in the comments. And I ask you one more time, if you have a couple of seconds on the podcast, if you're still listening, leave a five-star rating review. It takes no time at all. You head over to iTunes. You head over to whatever platform you're listening on. Hit that subscribe button on that iTunes, and then the five star interview. This is a goal of mine to hit twenty thousand subscribers on this YouTube channel. I, I say we. I've said that publicly a couple times, but now that I know the data for the podcast and that we we kind of gravitate, I think right now we're ranked thirtieth in fantasy sports, but we were all the way up to like sixteenth earlier in the week. I don't know really how it juggles, but obviously, if other people put out podcasts that are bigger than me, it probably drops me down. But the goal would be to somehow hit the top 10 and over the dead season of no NFL, me covering the XFL, me covering NBA daily, I think we can get there. So if you leave a review, that helps out a ton. Thank you. If you subscribe, that helps out a ton. You subscribe on YouTube for 20,000. Just want to share my goals with everybody because I think this community is awesome that we're building. Feel free to follow me over on Twitter as well and Instagram. I've been posting more Instagram content as well as a ton of Twitter content as I usually do. So check out that stuff as well. Thank you so much for tuning into the XFL Week 2 Final Thoughts video. I will see you on the live stream Saturday morning and over on Patreon tomorrow as well. Peace out, game. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe. Helps me out. Helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.